This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Today's book is called The CMO's Social Media Handbook, a step-by-step guide for leading marketing teams in the social media world. Joining us is Peter Friedman, the author. It's great to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. I was about to say, thank you for being here. So, you know, social media today is sort of like, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's like reality TV. People thought it wasn't going to last, but it, it's here and it's, it's never going away. So let's talk about the social media landscape, specifically the new role of the CMO. Well, I think because uh, marketing is becoming reality TV, it's a very good analogy, the CMO has to become the director of the show. And he really has to represent the customer's voice and foster an environment that customers can talk to each other and therefore engage the brand. In order for that to happen, the CMO has to lead the marketing teams and really the whole company with that in mind. What do you say to people who go, Peter, I know how social media works. It's kind of like uh, people say, I know how TV works. Mm -hmm. Everybody does it, but that doesn't mean they know how to do it well. And the key thing for a big corporation, a big brand is, how do I use this to meet our business goals? And that's a challenge for a lot of companies. So let's talk about that challenge. You talk in the book about having, uh, you know, garnering a social team. How does a company do that? And what are the components that you need? Well, the first thing you need to do is recognize that this is a distinct area. It needs a lot of attention. And so you have to put focused resources on it at least one person to start. Mm -hmm. That person will very quickly get overwhelmed because the moment you open the door, (laughs) all of a sudden it's going to be obvious how much there is to do. Mm -hmm. So then you have to really support that person, Mm -hmm. add resources as you go, and then you really have to uh, recognize that in most companies, even though social media has been very popular for six or seven years, it's still new. It's it's battling the sort of inertia of 60 years of a different type of marketing. And the cultural models are more in favor of look at my TV ad or look at my website graphic and social media is different so you have to as a CMO really cast a light on it say this is good we're innovating every time they do anything good really make a point of it so you start affecting your culture and say hey our marketing is reality TV now it's not uh, produced uh, television series there is a CMO that's his main his or her main focus but it is important for the c-suite to be involved yes oh yes um, ultimately um, the CMO isn't doing this just because it's marketing because it's doing it to be the champion for all parts of the company there's a big debate about where social media belongs Does it belong in marketing or corporate communications, which is often separate, or customer support? Some people want it in the product group because it's so important. And that tells you it's not just a marketing channel. It's actually the platform and context for all marketing and much of what the company will be about. So the CMO has to bring it into the C-suite and represent it. We have one client, I won't say which one they are, but they're like a Fortune 10 company, that the CMO reports to the CEO. And he actually weekly has to come into the meeting with the voice of the customer 
and he gets that from social media. So a really great C-suite is going to want their company to be as close to their customers as possible. Social media lets you do it, but they have to set the example for the company. And give us some tips and techniques about how they do that. I mean, you mentioned there's sort of this gray area where social media fits in. It seems to fit in many boxes. So what are some of your strategies to, to, to tell C-suite executives, if you're not doing this, you should be doing that? Well, the first thing you can do uh, with this referent example, which is a best practice we developed uh, when we were at Apple Computer many years ago at the very beginning of all this, and then we ran all that, and then we did it at eBay and some other clients, is something where uh, you might we call it our voices sometimes. And what we do, just in the example I gave you, is every week we'll give that uh, CMO a report of the top 10 things we heard from customers. And it's not just like a survey. It's what are they really talking about? What is the passion? And you bring that into the weekly executive staff meeting and you discuss it for at least 10 minutes, maybe an hour. And after all, what's more important than what the customers think? Right. But the most important thing about that is that you tell everybody in your company you're doing it. And then you take action on some of them. Because if the C-suite thinks it's important enough to listen to customers through social media, everybody else will too. Then another thing I think that you can do is how do you organize this in a company so it becomes pervasive through the company? And there are very many models and you can do it. You let everybody do whatever they want. That doesn't work out very well because then it becomes chaotic. Or you can have just one group do everything and not let anybody else. That doesn't work very well because it has to permeate the organization. So the best practice today is to have a hub and spoke model where you have a center of excellence which we usually recommend be in marketing, but not always. And these people are kind of crafting the overall program, picking platforms and services and partners, and then working with all the other groups in the company, not just marketing, to deploy social media and help them do it in a way that is relevant to their function, if it's support, or their store, if it's a, a retailer, or their country, or their specific branded project. Something you talk about in the book is return on investment. A lot of people wonder, you know, some people say, you can't measure return on investment on social media, but you say otherwise. Yes. Um, I think whenever anybody gets up and says, there's no ROI, it's fuzzy, let's not do it, this is like total BS, go to the next guy. Right. <laughs> okay, next. Now, now <laughs> most, most people do say that because it is a new medium and we're, we're, we're developing them, but you're a business. You have business goals. You're not doing this for fun. You need to meet business objectives. And you can set them, you can set measures, and you can have ROI. And there are multiple different types of ROI. There are social media metrics, likes. We like engagement metrics more, but those are good. Then you have traditional marketing metrics like reach and awareness. And those can be measured you know, right, right in social media. One measure we like is called marketing equivalency. So we have a client we did a program for, and it cost, uh, I have to adjust the numbers, say $200,000. And we measured the reach we had. How many people did we get to? And how much would that have cost us uh, with regular advertising? $2 million. So there, wow. it's a 10 times marketing equivalency ROI. And we say to our client, well, we just saved you $1.8 million. Give us 800000 for more programs yeah, of social right. media uh -huh. and give $1 million back to your CEO. Right. They'll be happy. Then you can measure um, relationships. How much uh, are people talking to each other? You can uh, measure loyalty. Then uh, customer support costs going down and things that you learn. And you can even measure sales, just the way you measure it in other media. I mean, how do we measure sales in television? Well, the best way is you do A-B testing and before and after awareness and track people. You can do that in social media, too. It's just so far, the social media marketing people are sitting in one end of the building, and the people who do that type of research are sitting with the TV people in the other end of the building. Right. So we just have to get them in a meeting, right. and then everybody will be happy. C-Suite Radio.
Something you discuss in the book also is the size of a company. Regardless of the size of a company, is social media a must? Whether you're the biggest guy in the block, the smallest guy in the block, I mean, obviously the biggest. But what if you're a teeny little guy? I mean, is social media that important? Well, uh, the internet in general and social media especially is the, the grand leveler of business. So we have many small businesses that can now compete on a global scale with the largest businesses in the world because the distribution rules have changed. It's through social media and you can reach people and more people and the customers will help you. Your customers have the leverage to spread the word. And there are examples of like a taco sauce company and a wine store that have become quite big and taken on much bigger competitors. At the same time, the largest companies in the world now have the opportunity to be local and personal and social, which before only your local store can do. And it's really a matter of commitment. And sometimes people think, well, I can't do that. Well, of course you can do it. You just have to decide you want to do it. And you just have to think about it as, I now have the opportunity to have conversations with all my customers and to foster conversations among them, which if I do it right, will benefit me. And anybody would do that if they thought about it. Right. If you were uh, the biggest uh, retailer or the smallest retailer or the biggest manufacturer or the smallest, if you could put more of your energy into conversations with your customers among them about you and with you, you would do it. But it's so obvious now, you have to think about it. Yeah, but it is, it is a great point, though, regardless of how big you are or small you are in terms of numbers with social media, that changes everything because, you know, your distribution is the same. You have the same capabilities as, you know, the big company down the street. So it's very interesting. You talk about Starbucks in the book and this idea of pouring your heart into every post. Tell us more about that. Okay, well, Starbucks is a phenomenal company, and Howard Schultz, the, the chairman, is a phenomenal guy, and I should just point out they're an investor in our company for many years. And he wrote I didn't know that before I asked the question. Well, that's okay. Well, <laughs> uh, we disclose everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the small investor, but it's there. Right. And they, he wrote a book. His first book was called Pour Your Heart Into Every Cup. And one of the things I learned from Howard, he told me about Starbucks, was that when they did their research, they found out-of-the-store research that the thing people liked most about being at Starbucks was the other people even if they didn't talk to anybody. So his vision was to create a third place. You have work, you have home, you have uh, Starbucks, where people could engage with each other and have a sense of each other, which is really what social media is all about and why they invested in our company. Yeah, she said, you're the Starbucks of the internet. This is years ago. Uh -huh. uh, and that's because we have uh, moderators and engagement specialists, kind of like a barista, and we have technology behind them. And they're helping to create a consistent, high-quality experience, though in our case, it's an experience for this brand and this brand and that brand. They're all, they're all different ones. And so the key thing here for him was it wasn't about, here's coffee, but you're having an emotional experience. And the best brands are about an emotional experience for their customers not about their specific product. So pour your heart into every cup means pour your heart into the customer experience. And this is what you need to do in social media. You have to say, I'm creating an emotional experience. My customers will experience my brand more through social media than any other marketing I do or even the product. Why? Because they're experiencing your brand through their emotions with other people. So you have to pour your heart to every post and not just put up a message, but think about the environment and the conversation and the emotional experience mm -hmm. you're creating for all your customers. It's social storytelling. Very much so. But reality TV, as you said at the beginning. Yeah, that, that too. It's a sort of scripted improv reality TV. Right, but it's so important to tell a story. I mean, with this, the advent of social media. Um, you talk about crisis management. How does social media play into that? You know, some Something goes wrong is your recommendation go post you know get to the message boards you know try to you know ameliorate things that way I mean how do you navigate in a social crisis well first thing to recognize is uh, all your customers in the world and everybody likes you and everybody who doesn't like you is going to be there mm -hmm. so the crisis will happen mm, right there's no avoiding it there's just 
being present for it or running away from right. it. So that's what we have to tell a lot of our clients. Look, um, you can't hide from it. They're going to be there anyway. And another venue is only one click away. So first off, accept that you're going to have it. And then you have to learn how to handle it. This is not a controlled one-way media form. It's not traditional PR where you try to manage the message and get rid of it. You actually have to embrace it. And you have to allow people to talk, let yourself get beaten up on your own page if necessary, and then diffuse it. And the best way to do this is to plan for it ahead of time. Okay. Really? So plan for the crisis before it happens. So when it does happen, you're not you know, a deer in headlights. And this is another example of a real time. You have to be on it within hours. A day or two later is no good. And the way you have to do it, again, is not try to shut them down, not try to argue with people, let them hear it. But if you've planned ahead of time, number one, you're ready to act fast. Most companies get in trouble in a social media crisis, not because of the core issue, but because they mishandle the crisis. They don't acknowledge it soon enough, or they try to delete everything, and then it really blows up on them. So you want to be ready. You have to have your stakeholders lined up, your pre-prepared messages, mm -hmm. legals approved. Understand that you're not going to combat it. You're going to allow it. You're going to try to diffuse it. And the most important thing is that way ahead of time, you built this cultural model I talked about earlier where people are in there and they're engaged and they're your friend and you have loyalists and brand ambassadors already there. Because if you have them there and you allow the conversation to unfold, they will emerge and defend you. And that works. Okay. You can't defend yourself in a social right. media crisis. And you can't make friends in the middle of a crisis. No. You have to make them ahead of time. Is there a real-life example you can give us where a company, you know, employed your technique, they were ready, it happened, they were ready, and, you know, they, they figured it out? So you have a wide range of crises. It could be a customer upset something or an activist group, like Greenpeace, for example, who's targeting companies. Go right to their website. This is who we're after next. And um, a few years ago in Europe, Nestle had a big problem with a, a Twixt, and they were being attacked, and they kind of had an employee really didn't know what to do, and she attacked back, and it was a big mess, and they eventually worked it out. But that was a crisis that went long. Go ahead a year or two, and we're doing moderation work for Burger King. Greenpeace comes after them with the same argument. We were ready. We diffused the conversation. We pointed people to what Burger King was doing about the issues, and Burger King emerged as the hero. Great. So the system works. <laughs> it works. Well, there's so much to get to. We're out of time. But I, I wanted to get to legal and regulatory issues as it relates to social media because a, a lot of uh, executives just aren't really sure exactly you know, how comprehensive it is and, again, to be prepared in advance. And also, you have this great thing at the end of the book, this social media toolkit, because there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there, you know, it's, it's Twitter, and it's sort of this guide of what's what and how to navigate. So get the book because <laughs> there's lots more to learn about. And thank you, Peter. It's been uh, really refreshing and exciting because it's, it's, a new, it's a new landscape of social media. Well, thank you so much. Much. All right, and uh, you can check out parts of the book, find out how to get the book, the whole scoop at our website, www.csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.